Podcast. I'm your host Jason Martini, and it's finally hockey season again. Get ready for preview time. A little bit of Blues news. Got blues a, start tomorrow. Yeah, first preseason. First preseason game. game. We're recording this Saturday before the twentieth. So I'm host, like I said, Jason Martin here with Chris Frank once again. What is due? Season two of the podcast. I guess yeah, our man. official start. I guess we can say. I know. So kind of exciting that we actually have hockey back. Like seeing a lot of the practice tweets from yeah it's teams. been fun it's been an interesting off season but it's nice to finally get to the point now where there's you know stuff to read about on a daily basis that matters more than just speculation and recaps and stuff like that yeah so it's good to hear so uh basically the next couple of weeks is going to be jam-packed with podcasts mm-hmm. so we're going to basically break down every division the metropolitan today the atlantic on our next one the pacific and then the central we might have somebody coming on the central, depending on how our schedules work. Cool. We got a busy couple of weeks here for uh, me, at least. Yep. And then uh, we're gonna do a, just a blues one too by itself. So the central will be everybody but the blues. We might just do kind of a general. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I'm but, sure we'll have to mention them when we do predictions. But. Yeah, but I mean, outside of that, but like in depth, like we'll I break down hurt. the blues in of itself. Too. We might go like wound up going line by line. Like it'll be a solid hour podcast just on the blues. So. Yeah. Um, that's how that's going to work. So we have about five, there's five podcasts right there leading up to the season. And then we are going to go, we will be weekly from there on out. Yep. Minus any kind of craziness that happens in our lives. I would say average probably once every seven to 10 days. Yep. So we'll probably, we're going to try to do it weekly. Uh, like I said, depending on our schedule, we'll be good to go. Anything else going on? No, I will be, uh, here's how I may, here's how high class we are. I'm traveling to the Atlantic Division next week to do research in Buffalo, New York. Yes. So. I'm not really going to do research, but I will, in fact, be in Buffalo. Yeah, but Chris will be in Buffalo for a couple of days. I will still be here. Hockey is going well this session. We're happy to report. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's amazing what happens when you play with guys your own age instead yeah. of high school dudes. Yeah, so we're actually 2-0. Uh, 2-0, and, oh. and, oh. and uh, Chris, tearing it up now. Well. Tearing up compared to me, at least. Uh, game one, I, I found my streak and, and did well. I, it took about half of the game Thursday. Like I just didn't feel like in the groove. Mm. Like the first, the first period, definitely not. And probably like at least part of the second period, I just kind of felt like I was a beat off. Yeah. Uh, Which I think I wound up being an old team because we really didn't start playing well. Like, yeah, extremely well to like the third where we kind of. Yeah. And by the, by the third period, I, I found my groove, and I didn't put any in the net, but I was able to get a couple of assists, and uh, I think that was top to bottom. Like, honest to God, from the first player on the roster all the way down was our best all-around game yep. that we've ever played. And uh, as I was talking with Mike after the game, his first uh, competitive shutout that he's ever had. Really? So, yeah. So, nice! So, 7 nothing win for us, 2-0 and the start, uh, leading the way in our... Uh, that team was not happy. Yeah, they were uh, not happy. You can tell that that's a team that that I I was watching them during warmups, and and I'm obviously going to be the biggest guy in any game we play. Mm-hmm. But they were a big team. Yeah, and you could just tell that they thought that they were going to be able to push us around and like impose their will. Yeah, and they, they tried, and they they tried. The and third they, period, and they the third period was a little rough to start. Well, I think they got chippy because you could tell that's a team who won their first game ten to five who's not used to playing from behind. Mm-hmm. 
And when they when when they couldn't score on Mike, and I will give you guys on defense a ton of credit. You guys shut them down. Yeah. They weren't getting more than maybe one or two shots a rush. Um, you could see them really start to get frustrated. Justin, get back. Oh, sorry. Oh, wait. <laughs> sorry. That was my normal uh, yelling from my, defense, and you saw from my that defensive our, partner. Our friend Josh had so much fun as a sub that he signed up full-time. I was blown away by that, actually. I was like, I read that twice. I was like, awesome. I was yeah. good to hear, though. I'm happy, though. Yep. But anyway, that was our exploits. We'd like to just talk about and that. And seriously, you guys out there, if if you like hockey and you're like me, who's, who's goofy and uncoordinated when it comes to actually skating, you guys need to check out the St. Louis Floor Hockey League. They play in Maplewood. All you need is a stick and some gloves and tennis shoes. It's 70 bucks. You get 10 games and then playoffs. If you make it, it's hella fun. I, I encourage you guys to go and check it out if you're in St. Louis yeah, and you want to play hockey. Too. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, night. I mean, Friday's really. A, Friday's a short league. If you don't want to like commit. Yeah, Friday's try it like out. Six weeks or something like six that. Six weeks. I think yeah. 40 or 50 bucks. Yeah, something like that. But you get a t-shirt. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's really, really good exercise. If you're someone like me, you could stand to lose a couple of pounds. You'll definitely lose them running around. Yeah. It's, it's kind of intense sometimes. So let's get back into some, uh, blues news with, with the real, the real hockey players. <laughs> so, uh, so let's rewind a little bit back to before our last podcast, which was around, uh, the blues icebreaker event, which was on August 25th. Wow. So that was a while ago. Almost a month ago. God, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. I know. So uh, let's uh, kind of catch everybody up on what has happened. So uh, this is kind of just a you knew it was going to happen type thing. Uh, Robbie Fabry signed a two-way entry deal. Way deal, Which we figured. He's going back to um, oh, yeah. golf for sure. For it's sure. just kind of a, hey, we signed you. And, hey, if a guy impresses somehow, and this is going to be a hard lap to crack no matter who you are. If you're yeah. an eight-year veteran, who do we sign, which we'll go into? Yeah. Or if you're yeah, an eight-year veteran, three-time Stanley Cup champion, or if you're Robbie or you know, a new guy, it's going to be hard to crack either way. So. Is he on the team that's up in Traverse City? He was, which he we'll was? talk about. Okay. And uh, as we well, we'll do a quick recap on that, the Blues te- prospect team went one, one, and two. Mm. Uh, the they lost twice in overtime and they basically got scored on the Detroit game with like 50 seconds left Ugh, and lost in overtime. I hate Detroit. Um, I can't remember the second game. They lost six to five in overtime. Got blown the f out by somebody seven to two. Wow. And then uh, they won against Buffalo two to one. So uh, Robbie Fabry had uh, five goals in those four games. That's great. So he, I mean, really, that's what, the records in those tournaments don't matter. The Blues ne- historically don't do well in that tournament, which is kind of crazy, even though for the some years when we had like the number one prospect mm-hmm. group and stuff, we never seemed to – when we had Oshie and Berglund going there, sure. we still never did well from what I remember because I used to follow that, especially when we were god-awful, so we had need something to latch on to. <laughs> you know? So let's see, historically, the Blues have never done well. If somebody wants to uh, correct me on that, you can hit us up at, right. at Blues Hockey NHL on Twitter or Facebook Blues Hockey Podcast. Podcast. So, if you're going to correct me, go ahead. That's fine. Because I just did a little bit of research on that. Uh, I like to see that Fabry did, you know, put five in the net. I think that that's a dude who, you know, much like Oshie in the past and Ty Ratty now, is going to be one of those guys that's it's going to get so much better as he continues to grow, um, not only as a player, but just as a person. I mean, how old is he now? What, 18, 19? Yeah, I'm going to be 19. Yeah. Um, that dude's got a lot of, like, li- literal growth 
left to do. Yeah. Not just like finding yourself as a person, but yeah, honest to God dude. growing. Um, and I could see, you know, as Ratty becomes a member of this team, um, you're going to need that next young gun. And if that's Fabry, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, that's good to, uh, have, that's probably kind of sad, but also good that he's probably our highest rated prospect now. Fine by me. Which I think believe, referring on the hockey news, I believe he is actually. Yeah. The, so number one. So anyway, that'll be on our Blues preview. So the Blues made, uh, they're going with bringing everybody. No and doubt. Who, and see who sticks. So let's go with some of the. It's like, it's like a fire sale in reverse. Yeah. Which is good, man. We're getting a lot of quality guys, and I'll take the depth. This is probably the deepest team the Blues have had in. As long as I can remember, honestly. Probably since the early 90s. Yeah. Or probably like the 2000s when we were. Two, I, I was know. thinking the last time I can remember the team being this deep, at least as far as the guys who were on the ice, mm-hmm. was probably the Gretzky year. Yes. Yeah, when you like were feeling a team that had. 14, 15 years? Yeah. I mean, you had Hall, McGinnis, Gretzky, like, Pronger, Fuhrer. Mm-hmm. Um, you just go down the list, and it's. You know, Steve Duchesne. I, yeah, I, I think the difference as far as depth then versus now when it comes to this Blues team is you had legitimate bona fide snipers and scorers um, on all the lines back then. Yeah. And now you have a bunch of guys who work really good together and are definite top line guys. Um, then I like a defined role. Yeah, but yeah. you don't have the. I mean, if Steen can put together a season this year like he did last year, mm-hmm. then maybe he becomes that sniper. But or Tarasenko, or Tarasenko, if he continues to ascend, you know, Oshi had a great year, but you don't have that Brett Hall guy, the go-to guy when there's 30 seconds left in the game, just get the time. Yeah. Over. There's not that guy that teams are going to go, we need to put two guys on that guy. Or have a game plan just for that guy. Right. Okay. I got you. So let's go. But yeah, the team is extraordinarily deep. So let's go in with a bunch of signings. First one is uh, Colin Frazier, who uh, has been in the league for about eight years now and at 29 years old has three Stanley Cups already. Yep. Uh, Crazy. Two with the Kings and one with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. So he's had three out of the last five. Pretty Which nuts. Is, uh, crazy. So last year, split time between LA Kings and the, their AHL affiliate, the Manchester Monarchs, had uh, I have the jersey. The other Monarchs jersey? I do. It doesn't fit me, but uh, a buddy of mine, when I was at uh, Motown, one of my locals lived up there and sent me a shirt. So I have a Monarch shirt. That's awesome. Uh, he posted two assists and 30 penalty minutes and 33 games with the Kings, but had six points, three goals, three assists. Four, and four penalty minutes in 10 games with the Monarchs. So he was mostly uh, with the Kings. He just got yeah. sent down maybe for conditioning. I remember him. Like I, I remember him vividly as both a Blackhawk and a King. So I talked to our buddy. Uh, Bobby? Yep, uh, who is a massive Kings fan. And I said, give me some info just to see what I can talk about. I did the same thing. And you know who he described? Cracknell. Adam Cracknell. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly the way he described him. I was like, smaller. Okay, so smaller we just. and less, he said maybe not as skilled, but I mean, Cracknell, you know, yeah. I thought it was okay. The guy he described, I was like, it's Adam Cracknell. So we basically just traded our guy for their guy. But he's also said a lot of feisty. He's a lot more feisty than Cracknell. He'll yeah. actually drop the gloves and go after guys. Not saying Cracknell won't do that, but he didn't have a history of doing that. So a good leader type fourth line guy, which, yep. is, which is, you know, just fine. So, uh, 
Yeah, I, he was originally drafted in the third round, 69th overall in 2003 by Philadelphia, and has been with Philadelphia, Chicago, Edmonton, and the Kings. So yeah. he's been jumped around a lot since then. Uh, you know, the thing that I like, and it it'll be interesting to see if he makes the squad or not, and if he does, I'm sure it's on a two-way deal, is... Number one, that guy has been in a culture of winning for the last five years Which I, in Chicago or L.A. Number two is he has intimate knowledge of how those teams work and how those teams game plan. Yeah. And that's, you know, an invaluable resource. Not that there's a lot of, I mean, there, there's no secret potion or, or, or magic chant that's going to, you know, help a team win over another team. But anytime you have someone who can say, look, I know for a fact this is how this coach works, and this is what they like to do in these situations. And I know you also have scouts of your own who do that, but it's another thing to have a guy who's got the on-ice knowledge of what the other players on this team think and do. Also, a player who knows what it takes to get to yep. the top of, you know, to a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Being around guys that, knowing what they do. So, uh, that's good to add by, uh, once again, by Doug sure. Armstrong. Basically, almost bottom of the barrel type thing, but I'm surprised somebody like that was still out there. Uh, so he actually has a one year, two way contract. So he'll most likely be in Chicago yep. for most of the year and be an injury call up. He even said, that's fine. I even had an interview with him with, uh, Rutherford yesterday. And he's like, that's going to be my role. And he accepts it, which is awesome. He's like, that's my role. But you know what? There's injuries. I've learned that in my whole career. Oh, yeah. And I'll call up. And when I'm up here, I'll do my best to stay here. Yeah. So that's awesome. And that's that all he, you, dude, that's all you could ask for a and guy. That's, like and that's that. awesome that he has that mindset. And so that's exactly what we need. Yep. No ego. I just want to play hockey. So also, the Blues also did a couple of, uh, tryout. Basically, they don't have an official contract, but you can come. They've been and, invited. Yeah. Basically, you can come skate with the team. If we like what we see, we'll offer you a contract of some sort. Or if we don't, you just go about your way. Sometimes it's earned uh, players' contracts with other teams. Yep. And sometimes they've just gone away. So uh, the first guy I brought in, which I, I admit was strangely excited that he brought him in just because he's extremely funny on Twitter. Yep. So uh, Paul Bissonnette was brought in for, on a tryout for Blues Training Camp. Uh, Bissonnette was, spent his first four seasons, excuse me, five seasons, with uh, – Phoenix, best known there, and also on Twitter as BizNasty2.0. Yeah, if you don't follow Paul Bissonnette on Twitter, you should really start. He's a funny guy, so I, I like, I, I always think some people don't like him, but I think he's pretty funny. Here's so. the thing with a guy like Bissonnette, and our, uh, our friend Jeff Ponder, uh, wrote an amazing article comparing Bissonnette to Ryan Reeves, cause it's, that's essentially the same role that they would both serve, is you have someone in Bissonnette, who is almost more important from a marketing standpoint than a hockey standpoint mm -hmm. because of his presence on Twitter and the fact that he has transcended just being a hockey player. Yeah. Like there's people who don't follow hockey at all mm -hmm. who follow Paul Bissonnette on Twitter. For example, like um, the Riz show, like they were talking about, right. talking about him. They're talking about like Riz is talking about how great a follow he is and like, I don't consider him as a massive hockey fan. Riz is a Rangers fan, but like as a massive hockey right, fan. Right, right. But and, and that's the thing you have with someone. He is in, in a different degree because I don't think he's the distraction, but he is almost like a like a Dennis Rodman type of persona yeah. where people who may not necessarily have followed basketball in the 90s no, knew who Dennis Rodman was because of the crazy hair and all the antics whereas 
in this day and age with the social media being as big as it is, people who may not necessarily follow hockey um, have oh, probably is. seen or followed Paul Bissonette. Yeah, amazing ice bucket challenge too by him as well. Amazing ice yeah. bucket challenge. So, uh, Bissonette's 29 once again, 202 career NHL games, 7 goals, 15 assists, plus 7 with 340 career penalty minutes. So uh, he basically said, "I work." You know, to uh, his exact quote is, "The Blues have a pretty heavy team up front and a lot of skill." I know Hitchcock plays a defensive system, and it's similar to the way the uh, Dave Tippett coaches. I'm excited to be here. It's a really good group of guys. So I have to know I have to come in and make it the team. I don't know if there are spots available, but I have to showcase and try to make the team. So he I mean, knows that he has to basically put his best foot forward. Absolutely. So uh, you know, it, it, I guess it's not unheard of that we could have two. Um, you know, thumpers on our team. You look back to back when we had both Reeves and Cam Jansen. Now, obviously, that was a much different style of team, especially in, like in the nineties. You almost need that. For example, they had Chase and Twist back right. Then. And, and you know, the thing that I I find interesting about this, um, and why I don't think both Reeves and Bissonette will make this team is you look at the transition just in this offseason that this team has made, mm-hmm. and they are all in on finesse and speed and and power that way. More of an emphasis on that. Yeah, they are, they are getting away from being that steamroller of a team. They're going from, I hate to make this comparison. They want to be the Red Wings. They're going from the LA Kings model to uh, Chicago, Chicago and the Old, old Wings. School, old Wings. Yeah. yeah, that's basically what they're going for. Team that, when pushed around, they'll push back, but they're not. That's not their kind of first kind of. Yep. Deal. So, well, and you know what? To be honest, when you're in a division with Chicago, I think you need to be like the other good teams in your division first and foremost. And you look at the rest of this division. That the Central Division, it's going to be tough, but I, I think there's going to be a lot of high scoring games in the division. Yep. So, like I said, we'll go into that with our uh, division preview for yep. sure. The last one is uh, another tryout, but kind of familiar. It's happened last year. Ryan Whitney's added as a training camp tryout. Uh, more than likely, like many of uh, people said, that he's going to wind up being just there as like a camp sure. guy, just to kind of fill in and make even kind of defensive pairings. Yep. And, hey, if you're going to showcase, you might be able to sign with another team. Or, hey, if you want to take a two-way deal and, you know, Go down yeah, to man. the minors. Hey, you might be on the minors all year, but hey, you have a job type thing. And you it's, with, it's in, and mind you, it's in Chicago, so you're not like yeah, you're not in the middle of nowhere. It's not like a weird, you know, like I hate to make this comparison, and people listen. To you're not in Peoria, exactly. Like no offense to anybody in Peoria, but if you had a chance to live in Peoria, Chicago, you're going to live in Chicago. Most people are going to live in Chicago because just the city, you know, yeah. it's just that's how it is. It's just like people say right now, hey, if you want to live in Florissant, Missouri. Or if you want to live in like downtown St. Louis, like what would have more going on? Right. Yeah, you know, it's just not that far away. But at the same time, you know what I mean, though, sure. compared to that. So Whitney's back again. Last year, he did not make the team, along with Colin White last year. That's right. I, God, I forgot about that one. Yeah. So he was actually in last year. Yes, back in uh, 2013, 2014, he was. Uh, so last year, he was invited to camp, but uh, did not make the team. Then it was actually signed by the Florida Panthers and played seven games with them. So, um, Blues now have 60 players on the training camp roster. That's insane. So, mind you, about probably 15 or 20 of those are definitely going to minors or back to their, Easy. uh, back overseas or, yeah. I read a couple of them. They said, uh, Nicholas, uh, Lundstrom, 
who's a defenseman who's done really well. People have liked him at the uh, Traverse tournament. They liked him during the informal skates. Yep. Uh, they're very high on him. So they're talking about possibly having him. Uh, he's going to go back overseas, but there's a good chance he might be able to add it to uh, Chicago next year, for like a for sure spot in Chicago next year, which is good. Wow. So, and just so no one freaks out by Chicago, we mean the Wolves, not the Blackhawks. Yes, correct. So it uh, looks like the Blues are going to be in some pretty good shape here. Well, it just goes back to the conversation we just had about depth. You know, it, I, we don't need to worry about when we call someone up, them not being able to compete at a high level. Mm. You know, we're, we're going to have depth upon depth upon depth. So, uh, like I said, it was a lot of stuff to go over. Uh, let's see, also... If, Another thing that was announced, uh, the Blues, all 82 games will be televised again this year. For the third year in a row? Uh, fourth year. Fourth year. Fourth year in a row. All 82 games spread across different platforms, of course, from yep. NBC, the NBC Sports Network, and Fox Sports Midwest. So uh, it's awesome that all 82 games, I remember back in the... Back and then occasionally, probably, like I would imagine the start of the season, knock on wood, should the Cardinals make the playoffs, you'll probably see some games get channel. pushed to yeah. an alternate channel or Channel 11 or something. Channel Eleven, remember that back in the day? I do. Those are good days. Yeah. So I was I was talking to my wife about the schedule. She's like, "Why are you making a big deal out of it?" It's like when I was younger, there would be like seventy games. There'd be like those eleven games. You wait till you would have to listen on the radio yep. to know what's going on. So I'd be in my bed listening to the radio at night. So I mean, that was awesome. You got to listen. You'd be I mean in bed just seven o'clock at night, just laying there with the light on and just listening to the game and yep. fall asleep to the radio. And it was just like in the morning you have to. Find the newspaper. You couldn't turn on your phone and just yep. look it up. You have to my uh, my buddies and I used to all pile it into uh, my one friend who was the first guy old enough to drive, and he had a boat. He had his grandma's old pea green something from like the seventies. <laughs> I mean, it was a land yacht, and we would all pile into that thing and just drive around town listening to the game on the radio. That's awesome. So good times. So, does that make us old for bringing that up? It but. totally does. It totally makes us old. So, and it starts. So, let's do our division previews. Yeah. Do, 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 let's start with the uh, most poorly named division in hockey. Yeah. So, we're going to go with the Metropolitan. I feel like Metro. I should be wearing a monocle and a top hat if yeah. we're talking about the Metropolitan Division. Yeah, Metro Division. So, I'm going to go in alphabetical order to start here with okay. uh, teams. And then me and Chris will go with our predictions for uh, each game. So just to kind of give everybody the general layout to how we're doing it, kind of just go over the record of last year, where they finished, kind of some general stats about the team, and then we'll talk. I will go into depth about who they added, who they subtracted, and then we will give our analysis on that team. And then at the end, we'll go ahead and give a chance. Or if you want to give where they'll finish now, I don't know. Let's do it all at the end of the thing. Sure. We'll just start from there. So let's kind of give you an in-depth analysis on each team. And then at the end, we'll tell you where they're going to finish or and if they'll make the playoffs. So we will start with the Carolina Hurricanes. Last year, That's right. They're still a team. They're still, <laughs> barely. So last year, barely above 536, 35, and 11. Good for 83 points. That was 13th in the Eastern Conference and 24th overall in the NHL. About two and a half goals per game on offense for 22nd in the league. Defensively, about 2.76, and it's about 19th in the league. Uh, penalty kill is pretty poor at the 28th in the league with 14.6%. Penalty kill, about average, 81.7, about 17th in the league. Um, 
He also got some Corsi stats I got dug up. So Corsi was 49.3, good for 21st in the league. And their Fenwick, 48.2%, tied for 23rd. Oof. So uh, pretty poor overall for Carolina Hurricanes, uh, the team that, believe it or not, won the Stanley Cup coming out of the uh, first lockout, I guess you could say. They are one of two teams in this league that make me furious that the Blues don't have a Stanley Cup. The fact that Carolina and Tampa Bay both have Stanley Cups and the Blues don't just makes me cringe. Yep. So the team has not made the playoffs since uh, 2010. Uh, they've added a new GM, Ron Francis, who's yep. officially taken over. New coach, new coach Bill Peters. Um, so they're and he he's come he comes over from being an assistant in Detroit. Correct. So it uh, looks like the. Uh, Hurricanes are going through a bit of, uh, I would almost say they need to rebuild, but it looks like they're not really trying yet. I'm, they gave a lot of money last year to Alexander Semin and gave him an extension. Yep. So that was uh, interesting. So uh, let's go with some of the people they added this year. Uh, Jay McClement, it was pretty much their big signing in the offseason. Uh, and that's a good signing, is, but when that's your marquee signing? It's tough. Yeah. This team kind of reminds me of uh, the Blues of when we came out of the lockout. Yeah. Where they got a couple of star players and stuff that maybe carry enough to make you, you know, think there might be a chance for a playoffs, but sure. overall, like, just not enough to get pushed to that well, yet. Well, one of the stats in, in doing my homework for this podcast and in, in breaking down the Metro was um, there are only five players on this team that hit the 40-point 40, 40 mark last year. Yeah, it's not good. And – the top of that was Eric Stahl, 61 points. That doesn't even put you in the top 35 scores in this league. Which, in, you know, I think you need to have at least a more dominant score to. Yep. If and by the, playoffs, the way, if the Stahl already hurt himself this summer. Correct. And so, is, you know, there's. Eric Stahl it is. Yeah, I'm Jordan sorry. Because they have all of the Stahls <laughs> except for one. Um, you know, this team seems to be. Almost in a perpetual state of rebuild. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll go a couple years. Uh, Looks like they're ascending and then. Yeah, you know. they, you know, they have some good talent. You know, Skinner is tremendous. That's tremendous. That's who I really won the Blues draft that year. Yeah, and he's phenomenal. He came out of the gates like, you know, a ball of fire, but there are just too many, I don't even want to say deficiencies. But it's an old team, yeah, and it's not you know the youth that they have is streaky at best. Yeah, or they're still learning their way. So uh, players they added so Jay McClement, they've added uh, Brad Malone as well. Yep, um, and then for defensively they've added Ron Hainsey uh, and Tim Gleason. So nothing, I mean, nothing that makes you go, oh yeah, that guy. Gleason didn't blow me away in Toronto last year, and Hainsey was, uh, I believe, in Winnipeg. And then for a while. Yeah. So anyway, no, he was uh, one in Winnipeg, but he was actually in Carolina. I thought at the end of last year, I thought they traded for him and then they might just re-sign them. So anyway. The key to this is going to be how quickly this team buys into what the new coach is saying. Correct. And they only pay, and they've only lost a couple of people. They only lost Manny Malhotra and Justin Peters, their third yeah. string goalie. So they really haven't lost anybody, but also they really haven't added anybody. No. And, you know, Cam Ward obviously is going – they're going to split time and goal. Yeah, Anton Kudoman signed a new contract, so I think he, If he stays where he was – I like him. Yeah, but, you know, if he falls off a little bit, 
Cam is just not the goalie he was. Yeah, his injuries have ra- uh, ravaged him pretty much, so he's yeah. kind of hurting. So the uh, yeah, if Ward can't win his job back, he's making six point three million dollars. If he's the backup, man, it hurts. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why they really couldn't add anybody. I mean, you're paying Eric Stahl almost a little over seven. You're paying Jared Stahl, I believe, like ten ish or close to ten. Uh, seven seven. So I mean, you're paying like four guys, like probably most of your salary. I mean, that's yep. why they really can't add anybody. So they're kind of in salary cap hell per se. So they're going to be once Ward, uh, if one way or another, either winds up uh, not doing well, and he's I think he only has one or two more year, two more years left. So he'll be gone eventually. They didn't buy him out, which I was very surprised. I figured they would have bought him out and cleared out that salary cap out. Yeah, and they could have added a couple. Of, they could have added a couple of small pieces to solid up your lines, but overall, uh, I just see Carolina not doing well this year. Um, yeah. So in so many words, so yeah. let's just go with it. Well, like I said, we'll give our prediction at the end. I did not see them as a playoff team. Also, no, no, not so at all. We'll give you that. So the next team coming up is the up and coming Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, Blue- man. I mean, you know. The first thing that you have to say about the Columbus Blue Jackets is they're taking a path very similar to the Blues, and that shouldn't surprise anyone seeing that John Davidson and Yarmo are uh, at the helm of that ship right now. Yep, so they've uh, done very well of adding uh, some guys. Uh, so not much on that they've added, but uh, lots, of, lots of subtraction, though. But I think the they have so many young guys, I think they're in good shape. So last year's record, 43-32-7, and seven, good for 93 points. Wound up making the playoffs last year for only the second time, and it wound up being seventh in the conference, fourteenth overall in the NHL. Uh, offense not too bad, twelfth uh, in the league at two point seven six. Defense uh, not too bad at two point six one goals against the average. Excuse me for thirteenth, so they're in the top half at least of the NHL. So that's we need to be a playoff team. Yep. Power play was pretty good, almost twenty percent, nineteen point three percent for a good for eleventh. And penalty kill eighteen point. Or excuse me, eighty-two point one percent, good, tied for fourteenth. Yeah, Corsi was fifty point eight percent, good for thirteenth. Uh, Fenwick fifty point eight, good for twelfth. Um, when you talk about this team, as far as additions, the only thing that you really need to point to is the trade that sent R.J. Umberger to Philadelphia and brought Scott Hartnell in. Yeah, so that's really the only thing they really kind of added. Uh, kind of minor, some minor guys: Jerry Domingo, Simon Yalmerson. I say Yalmerson because that's how the other one says it. Yeah. So. And Brian Gibbons. Uh, they got Bobrovsky in goal, so they got a chance every night. Right. You know, the the biggest thing with this team is Johansson. And everything that is swirling around the contract talks there and and how ugly that has gotten. Yeah. You know, he when you have John Davidson. He's back in Vancouver right Dude, now. when John Davidson came out this week and basically laid out the terms that they offered him. Yeah. Like, that's, that's kind of dirty pool. Yeah, that's something that he's not like. I don't think he really, really went through that when he was in St. Louis, so that really didn't need to be right. out there. Um, the only time I've ever seen it, like, and like especially with the Saboka thing, that's like the only other time I've ever seen somebody kind of say, "Here's exactly what we offered." Yeah, yeah. so it's uh, so. But they, that was kind need... of an after the fact thing. Like, there, by that point, there was no chance that he was coming back. Yeah, pretty much. He they pretty much kind of had their say with each other and pretty much didn't agree on anything. Yeah. Uh, he wanted a long-term contract. Uh, the rumor going around that he wanted seven years, forty-two million dollars, so six Oof. mil per year. 
mind you, 18 months ago, this guy was in the AHL because he couldn't, he wasn't consistent enough. Right. And then he had one good year. Then his year last year was very good. And then he wound up, uh, uh, basically sitting out. He has, uh, he can get offer sheets. That is, uh, a possibility for him. You know, I was he's listening. Not, he's not arbitration eligible. Though. I was listening to NHL radio on the way over to your place this morning, and they were talking extensively about this subject. And everyone kind of had the same thing. Like, Joe Hansen had a great year, but it's not like we're talking about someone who's been doing this for three or four years. Yep. He's wanting all of this based on one season of work. And like you said, you know, it wasn't that long ago that this guy was in the AHL because he wasn't consistent enough to make the NHL. You know, this guy could be, could be a superstar. He could also be a one-year, two-year guy who's just hot right now and then all of a sudden settles back down. Yeah, so, yeah, he wants to be paid like he's a superstar, and but you're not there yet, in my opinion at least. Uh, if somebody on the Blues did this, I would say, fine, just let him go. I mean, just, you know, don't, I wouldn't pay him. And then apparently he wanted a two year, uh, I think it was like $13 million what he offered. Oh. And then they, then JD shot it down. So he said, I'm going home. So he left, uh, I guess he's in Columbus ready to, I guess he was like, thought a deal would be there. So the, uh, his, uh, agent is well known as being kind of a hard ass pretty yeah, much. I, so, and I get that, man. You want to fight for your client, but, it's just in today's hockey world, that's a lot of money to give to someone who, you know, again, if, if we were talking about a history of this and the production steadily going up, that's one thing, but you had one good year. Does that mean that if this season starts and you crap the bed that, you know, Columbus can come to you and go, you know what? We need to pay you less. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah, it won't happen. So, uh, that's also another thing came out yesterday. Nathan Horton will not be ready for training camp. So I saw that. They're, uh, they're two of their, two thirds of their top line is not <laughs> there right now or not be able to play. So, uh, Columbus, uh, you know, as much as we like to say, I was really hoping they get things together because I have them pegged for the playoffs this year. I do too. So I have them, not to show my hand, but I think I had them second or third in the division. Yeah, so, I mean, I have them pretty high up as well. So let's hope that Columbus gets a Johansson. And, uh, I think at the end of the Portland day that there. deal will get done. My biggest worry would be um, how much hurt is going to be left over and can that relationship be salvaged. Yeah, so, I mean... It's a tricky thing to do with young players trying to figure out their value as the Blues are going through with Jane Schwartz right now. So who knows what the, what's going to happen there. Hopefully for the Columbus fans, finally get their first two playoff wins last year. Yeah, They gave Pittsburgh a run for the money, man. I really, after the, they're tied 2-2 going into the game five, and I really thought if they took that game five, I really thought they had the, the, that series. Cause and that was, the, that was the series where every game somebody was up 3-1 to one and lost. Yeah, it was just that was a high-scoring series where nobody could stop the puck. That, that was you know typical Penguins kind of yep. playoff series where... They're gonna outscore you. Might be seven to six, but no, yeah, you know. So that's what that's just how it wound up being. Our next team on in division: New Jersey Devils, record of thirty-five, twenty-nine, and eighteen. Good for eighty-eight points. Tenth in the conference, just missing the playoffs. Overall, twentieth in the league. Offense not that good last year. One of the mm-hmm. worst at two point four goals per game. Twenty-seventh in the NHL. 
Power, uh, excuse me, defense, 2.38. Goals against average, 6. So pretty good. So kind of have a little issue goal scoring, it looks like. You know what the magic uh, ticket was to beat the New Jersey Devils last year? Score two goals. Take them to a shootout. Yeah. 0 for 13 in the shootout. Which is amazing. If they won, I want up being, if they want up three of those, they took three of those, they would have made the playoffs. Yeah. Which is crazy. So uh, anyway, power play, 19.5%, tied for ninth in the league, so pretty good. Penalty kill, best in the league, 86.4%. Which, that in of itself, it, it shows you that the problem was in the net, not in the defense. Because when you have a team whose defense was that good, and then you, you know, you lose all those games, that's, that is on problematic offense. goal scoring and, and lack of offense outside of a guy who's 102 years old and just keeps scoring goals. So they're Corsi, 54.6%, good for fourth in the league. They're Fenwick, 53.9%, good for fifth. So overall, you look at, you might take out the, you know, your goals per game. You would think this is a playoff team or, Absolutely. or a middle, like pretty decent team in which they, I think they would be. You just don't have that high caliber goal scorer. Which Aside they, from, you know, Yager. Yeah, so they've tried to address that with, uh, they brought in Mike Camilleri and, uh, Martin Havlett. Both guess, solid pickups. So solid pickups. Maybe Havlett has passed his prime, which I think he didn't, did not look good in San Jose last year, no. but you never know if he catches a little, uh, lightning playing with maybe some better, uh, guys. Last year they signed Ryan Claw, which wound up being one of the worst signings in the league. Oh. That guy took for, had like maybe a handful of goals. I'll look that up yeah, real quick. I forgot that they had Claw. Uh, so outside of that, they brought back Scott Clemenson for the 620th time. Yep. So uh, they got that going for him. I think honestly, the 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 best thing that this team did was an addition by subtraction this year, which was they finally put the Brodeur era behind them. You know. If Marty wants to keep playing, that's one thing. And there, you know, this reminded me very much of what happened years ago with the Green Bay Packers and Brett Favre. Yeah. There is loyalty and there is respect that needs to be shown to a guy who delivered so many championships to your team. But at some time, you got to go. be able to let go and, and, and have the frank and honest conversation with the guy and go, look, man, your time is done. Yeah, so you did a lot for this team. You are not the Marty Brodeur you were five years ago. And the thing is, it's hard to say that to a guy who just the season before to the took you to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, but yeah, so it's hard to do. But I mean, they wound up picking a Corey Snyder, you know, got which him is from a Mick. great pickup, and that guy's going to be a phenomenal. For, basically trading for nothing, which is like crazy. Like they got the ninth over uh, the, their ninth overall pick and somebody else too, and it's like gone for like virtually nothing. Um. So I think that's really good. See, our franchise goalie, I always liked Schneider. I was somebody I really thought I wish mm-hmm. the Blues, if for some reason at the time, Halak just wasn't working out, and if they would pry him. I said him or Luongo I liked, but that's just me. So they've uh, subtracted. They've got rid of, uh, obviously, Martin Brodeur, which is talked about. Mark Fain, who's a defenseman, and Anton Volchinkov, who they bought out. Uh, so looks like, once again, they just brought, looks like they just brought in pretty much some offense, and they're going with the team they had. So it seems to be the theme pretty much so far in the yep. uh, Metro, just kind of you know, standing pat, not really uh, changing too much up. I and mean, this is probably the team so far we talked about has made the most moves. You uh, you talk about habit. teams being old, like we talked about just, you know, with with recently with Carolina. Um, New Jersey had one forward that was under the age of 28 years old, and that was Adam Henrique. Um, so... so this again is an old team. 
Uh, now, obviously, that average age is going to be skewed by the fact that you have Yager on your team. Um, but, yeah, this team definitely, probably more than anyone else in the Metro, needs that injection of youth into the lineup, which they, they've tried to address this offseason. So, looks like that, uh, what do you think, playoffs? No. Yeah, I'm going with no as well. I, just, I, I, I would love to enough. say yes, but no. There, I... I Maybe I'm pleasantly surprised. I think this is the year, and it's hard to say it because I think I've thought this every year for the last three years since he's come back, but I think this is the year that Yager finally shows his age. I don't think there's any way that Yarmir Yager has a season this year like he had last year, and I just don't really see anybody else on that lineup that's going to step up to to handle the drop-off that I expect Yager to have, let alone push beyond that and, and bring the offense of this team back up. So let's go into our next team here, the uh, New York Islanders. So oh last boy. year, 34, 37, and 11, good for 79 points, 14th in the conference, and a 26 overall. Offense at 2.63 per, 2.63 goals per game, good for 17th in the league. Defense, pretty awful at 3.18 goals against average, mm-hmm. 28th in the league. Power play, 17.8%, good for 17th in the league. Penalty kill, 78.1%, 29th in the league. Yuck. So they're Corsi, 49.6, and that is good for 18th. Fenwick, 49.6, tied for 18th. So this team still has Gar Snow managing... Being the general manager. <laughs> Forever a check mark in the negative column. <laughs> anyway, so he's Coach Jack Capuano. <laughs> they crap on him too. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what I'd say there. <laughs> I was going to spit it out. So this team is probably the. Uh, this team should be good. Yeah, they, they, they should they be they good. They added a ton of guys. So let's go into the guys they added here. First and foremost. Yaroslav Halak. Yeah, so it looks like they finally got the goaltending situation figured out. Uh, yep. Getting the rights for Yaroslav Halak and signing him. It's huge. That is huge deal. for a team that has had nothing but problems on the back end. Yeah, four-year, $18 million contract, which is a good contract for Halak and good for the team. Yep. Give somebody who will give them a chance uh, Absolutely. most nights. Uh, Chad Johnson, who was a backup in uh, Boston, had a 17-4-3 record last year, 2.1 for Boston. Yep. Part of that is being in Boston, but the other part of it is being pretty decent backup. Absolutely. They could have a situation similar to here where you have a kind of a super backup in Chad Johnson where you have Brian Elliott here. with a, But Halak will probably get the bulk of the start. So they have – think Goaltending looks solid. I think it looks solid on paper at least. And they finally added some more depth to their team now too. Yep. Adding uh, Mikhail Grabowski and Nikolai Kuhlman to uh, – their forward corpse on the same day, basically almost similar contracts. Grabowski getting four year, $20 million. And Kuhlman, after getting bought out in, uh, from Toronto, he got four year, 16.8 million. So they doled out a lot of, uh, cash here. But, uh, I mean, man, that's, that's two solid guys at the end of the day. That's, I mean, their course, you know, all that stuff wasn't, Fenwick wasn't that great. Uh, Grabowski is a very good, uh, possession center and a good two, and, uh, Kuhlman's a very good two way winger. And they also probably pot 20 goals apiece. So you figured there's somebody that could help out John Tavares now. As long as Tavares stays healthy. And I know, you know, last year, it's not like this guy has a history of breaking down, but, you know, they lost him at such a crucial part of the season last year. Yeah, that's what um, maybe tanked him. Yep. You know, I, again, like we just said, on paper, 
this team looks like they're finally in a direction to where they're going to make the right moves and start moving forward. But man, there's just, it seems like more so than any team in the NHL, this team is just cursed to be bad. Yeah. Then moving to uh, Brooklyn. Yep. Playing in the Barclays Center. I think for part of their games, not all of them, right? And I tell you what, I know that it should matter, but I think it does help them because they're going to go from a place that's got crappy, crappy facilities to a state-of-the-art arena. And just from a psyche standpoint, as a player, when you're in a place that looks nice and feels nice, it it helps. Yeah. You know, you don't feel like you're in a you're shoved into a garage where no one cares about you. This is a team whose games are broadcast on college radio. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Hofstra University carries the uh the Islanders, unless that's changed for this year. But, you know, it it's a team that for the most part hasn't had a ton of money, hasn't had the ability to upgrade a lot of stuff. They've been playing in the Long Island Coliseum, which is older than dirt and falling apart. And now they're going to get to go to the state-of-the-art place in Brooklyn. I think that's going to inject some, you know, number one, it's going to help you in New York because yeah. it, you're going to be the new kid on the block. Even though you've, you're still New York, for those of you who haven't been to New York, people who live in New York don't go to Long Island. It's like people who live in St. Louis okay. don't go to St. Charles. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's... It's the same thing. And I look, man, I'm from St. Charles, so, but I get it. It's the same atmosphere. It's the same atmosphere. So putting this team into Brooklyn in a new facility, it's going to be a cool, hip type of thing, much like when the Nets moved from Jersey into Brooklyn. I think all of that helps excite the team. And now it's just going to be up to them to stay healthy and start winning some games. Yeah. So the only, uh, Key departure we got is uh, Evgeny Novakov, who didn't look like himself anyway. So, not a loss there. It uh, looks like Griffin Reinhardt will probably be their one of their top uh, yep. prospects should be jumping in this year on defense too. So, a lot of uh, good things to follow for the Islanders this year, and I have them sneaking in as a wild card. Uh, I, I want to. I, I like. Really, really want to say yes. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I, I am sneaking know. in. That's my prediction officially. I hope so. Let's go with the next team, the Eastern Conference defending champs, New York Rangers. Last year record of 45, 31, and 6, good for 96 points. Fifth in the conference, 12th overall in the NHL. Offense, 2.61 goals per game, that's tied for 18th in the league. Defense, 2.32 goals against average, good for fourth in the league. Power play, 18.2%, 15th in the league. Penalty kill, 85.3, good for third. Uh, Corsi is 53.2, good for six. And Arfenwick, 53.6, good for six. Uh, uh, Glenn Sather's still there. Ole Vignon had a successful first year in New York. Yeah, he really did. So, uh, making the, uh, Vancouver move look kind of, looks like it was on the more on the players than it was. Well, I mean, seeing that you have, you know, essentially those two coaches switch jobs. And one get fired. <laughs> and one made it a year because he tried to storm other teams' locker room. <laughs> oh, that was one of many things that happened last year. So uh, they added uh, quite a bit, actually, more of on the lower end, guys. Tanner Glass, Matthew Lombardi comes back to the NHL, Lee Stepniak, Chris Bork, uh, Chris Mueller, and their big addition on defense, 
uh, Dan Boyle. Yep. So outside of uh, Dan Boyle, pretty much a lot of a uh, third, fourth line guys. I think Stepniak is going to be a good deal for them. I agree. I always thought Stepniak is a solid twenty, if, you know, fifteen twenty goal guy. They could wind up getting uh, a lot of him for only a million dollars. Um, you know, the buyout of Brad Richards, I think, again, is a good addition through subtraction thing. Um, this puts extra heat on Rick Nash, who kind of became the whipping boy during the finals and the playoffs. Yeah, it came to the point where it was like, people were even talking about either who are you going to buy out, who are you going to buy out, right. Rick Nash or Brad Richards, which you know, is crazy. And, and Nash has done okay in the regular season, but he hasn't ever done what he did in Columbus. And, you know, is that the team? Is that the, the stereotypical he can't handle life in the New York sports scene? Which is a different animal. It really is. Uh, I don't know. But with, with Richards gone, that heat on Nash is going to get that much hotter. And this is going to be the year that he's either going to have to stand and deliver or probably find himself, uh, shipped out or some way no longer a ranger. Yeah, so who knows if they just can't uh, handle the, you know, he was awesome. I mean, he was always awesome in the uh, in Columbus. So and he's not goes, awful. Maybe, maybe in it's just New York. he's just one of the guys. It just yeah. he doesn't get to that superstar level where you just fall where you kind of fall in line per se. Yeah. Some guys are just like that. It just uh, happens that way. Yeah, I think uh Rangers got a chance. They'll definitely get back to the playoffs. Oh yeah. Um they got their I love their defense. I think their defense is one yep. of the tops in the league. Uh when you got uh, Ryan McDonough, who's been rumored to be named the new, newest captain of the team. Uh, Dan Girardi's your top pair. Mark Stahl and Dan Boyle's your second. I mean, that's pretty, Dan Boyle is not exactly the player he used to be, but I mean, he's still solid. And you got Kevin Klein and John Moore as your third pair. I mean, that's a solid, that's solid six defenseman right there, man. I, yeah. I mean, a lot of teams would kill for, to have even Kevin Klein and John Moore as maybe their second pairing. Some teams, I'm just saying, but I, th- I really like this, uh, team. Definitely in the playoffs, and uh, I see him battling towards the top of the division, possibly. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, they're going to make the playoffs. I, I don't know if I see them. Uh, depending on what happens in Columbus, I could see them as high as two. Yeah, um, but I, I, I don't know if I see them going for the top of the division. Yeah, I, I just think with Lundqvist and Net, and if he's on, Lundqvist is amazing when he's on. When he's on, man, it's it, that's one of the reasons why their defense was tops. I mean, with a strong defense and that type of goalie, you got a chance to go pretty far. Lundqvist is one of those guys that can keep you in games when the rest of your team is not having a good night. Yeah, so I really like uh, that team. So. We'll see uh, how the Rangers, you know, say they can defend their crown or if they're going to wind up uh, not going far at all. So we'll see. Next team, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Dun, dun, dun. 42, 30, and 10. Good for 94 points. Sixth in the conference. 13th overall. Uh, 2.84 goals per game. Good for eighth in the league. Uh, 2.77 goals against average. 20th in the league. Power play, 19.7%, good for eighth. Penalty kill, 84.8%, seventh in NHL, not too bad. Corsi, not that good, at 49.2%, this is 22nd in NHL. Fenwick, just as bad, 48.2%, tied for 23rd. So they're kind of uh, interesting uh, times in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, GM is out. Paul Holmgren is finally gone after all those years of over, overpaying people. <laughs> Ron Hextall has jumped in. 
And once again, uh, I think that Craig Brube was the guy who filled in late last year. So he basically takes over again. So, uh, they've, uh, you know, they've been through the playoffs. I mean, they've been in playoffs quite a bit. So, I mean, this team is constantly successful and they didn't make too many changes again. No. Um, the, the things that stuck out when I was researching this team and looking at the year before was you can draw a line, uh, at the 15 game mark of last season. You know, Claude Giroux couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, mm. and the team's record showed it. They were awful. They were, like, I think they were last in the NHL at one point. Yeah. And that's when Giroux said, I guarantee we're going to make the playoffs. And, I mean, he put that team on his back and really stepped up. Now, you also had help. You know, you have Wade Simmons and Voracek who had amazing years. Um, you know, do they keep that going? Do they slide backwards? Um, if everything keeps trending the way it was, I think the team... See, this is where you and I, I think, are going to have our split. This is the team that I have kind of sneaking into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're, you've obviously given that slot in, in this division to the Islanders. Um, this team... There's just, I think there's too much history there and there's too much core leadership who knows what to do. Uh, cause again, what was it four years ago that they were yeah. in the finals against yeah. Chicago? Chicago? 2010. Yeah. So I think this team knows how to win. It's just a matter of putting it together for 82 games. Yep. So they didn't add too much. Just the trade with, a. Uh... Columbus, Columbus for uh, R.J. Umberger's added that back. That trade seemed weird for me. Uh, I really think that Columbus got the better end of that deal they by did, a mile. And, you know, so I really think there was something. There had to be. There had to be some discontent with Hartnell there. It's, Although, I think it was long term. I think uh, Hartnell signed for another year. Compared to yeah. Umberger's only one, so I think it's more mm. of a cap cap situation maybe yeah, for them. Perhaps. Uh, I just I was very surprised when I saw because and again I don't follow the Flyers tremendously close but it always seemed like Hartnell was a well-liked teammate a fan favorite and well, busted his butt honestly one of the faces of the NHL because yeah. I mean he's just a likable personality with the hair and everything yeah so um it was interesting so who knows if something happened maybe maybe he escaped from dry island perhaps perhaps I heard that those boats are going both ways now yeah so out to LA down to Columbus <laughs> for a while so anyway but uh, another interesting kind of thing, Kimo Timonen, yeah, career is probably over uh, yeah. due to uh, blood clots. Blood clots. He said that had some condition I don't have with on on you know have. If I me. remember, was they were in his legs and, and his lungs. Yeah, very just that and dude, that is serious ish. So and basically, it's it's kind of a hazard for him to travel. Yeah. So I mean, you can't travel, and he's in Finland right now, so he really can't. Travel overseas because if he travels overseas, there could be something. There yeah. Could have, so the blow and the blood clots could move and. And we're talking about blood clots, man. I know people where they've had that. They didn't know they had a blood clot, and then it went like to their heart and had like a heart attack. And luckily, they was able to. Yeah. It was a. I think a friend of our family had that happen where he was just travel. He was traveling, didn't feel good when he got off the plane, and uh, as soon as he got the plane, he just went to his hotel and just called the, you know, yeah. called the front desk and said, "Please call me an ambulance." He got an ambulance there, and actually the. I had a blood clot in somewhere yeah. and it went to his heart and yeah. blocked like one of the main vessels and he was going to start to have a heart attack. And luckily he, yeah, he, man. they said if he waited like, you know, a few more hours, they said he probably would have uh, died because it was just like that serious. So that's crazy. So basically, uh, chemo one of their, one of their main 
defenseman is out now. So that's one of the reasons why I kind of don't have them. And I, I just never been, you know, he did very well last year and I saw him play just cause they show Philadelphia so many times on NBC. Sure. Um, I saw Steve Mason play and he, I just, some reason I just can't get on board still. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a quandary for sure. He, you know what? I, I feel like he and Brian Elliott and even Halak to a degree, and a handful of other goalies in this league are in that same category of they're good, but I don't think they fully get the credit they deserve. There, there just seems to be this apprehension about them when you when you discuss them. Um, and Mason is probably much further up that list than some of the others. Um, I get it. You know, he wouldn't be my first choice in goal, but I, I think he is solid enough to lead that team. Yeah. So, like I said, I. I have them missing this year. Nice. I have them, so we'll see how it goes. Next team on the list, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hooray! So, I love the new third jersey, side note. Dude, might be my new favorite third jersey in the NHL. Yeah, I really enjoy that. The old school. They went throwback like the Blues did, but they went, they did it right. They went back about 20 years and brought back the Lemieux era, like yellow and black, yeah, not yeah. gold and black. Yeah. And they, you know, and this is something I was going to talk about earlier. I wish more cities would do what the city of Pittsburgh has done. It's kind of uniform throughout the Every whole sports court. team is the same color. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you know, and St. Louis, we're kind of in this weird, you know, position where you can't have a team called the Cardinals and them not be red, and you can't have a team called the Blues and them mm, not be blue. blue. Yeah. For the longest time, the Blues were the odd team out because you had the football and the baseball Cardinals. Well, now the Cardinals are the odd team out because the Blues and the Rams are the yeah. same colors. Um, I just think, personally, it's really cool. Like, if you're in Pittsburgh and you're a sports fan, get you some black and yellow, black and yellow, black and, and yellow, yellow, and you're set. That That's awesome. a Wiz Khalifa for you, son. You ain't know about Wiz Khalifa. I just heard that the other day, actually. I can't remember my... I caught <laughs> anyway... Uh, record. <laughs> Sorry, he danced me to that too, which made it funny. So anyway, uh, record 51, 24, and 7. Good for 109 points. Second in the conference, six overall in the NHL. Offense, 2.95 goals per game. Good for fifth in NHL. Defense, 2.49 goals against average. Tenth in NHL. So not too bad during the regular season. Uh, power play, 23.4%. That's tied for first in NHL. Uh, penalty kill, not too bad at 85%. Fifth in NHL. Corsi, about average, 49.7. 16th in NHL. And the Fenwick, 50.2%. Good for 15th. So, uh, GM is out. Who was the GM before? I, had, um, so I can't remember. And the new guy is Jim Rutherford. Correct. Not, not our Rutherford. Not Jeremy Rutherford, no. Um, you know, the biggest change on this team is on the blue line. Where, uh, they brought in Christian Erhoff, which I think is, he's a phenomenal player, and I think he will do much better here. Um, and then they lost basically their two top demon with Brooks Orpik and, um, and what's his name? Matt Niskanen. Thank you. Both going to Washington, uh, and getting paid. Yeah. We'll talk about that team next. Uh, so basically a team added, uh, through, tr- through a trade, uh, Patrick Hornquist and Nick Spalling for, uh, James Neal from, yep. uh, Nashville. Nashville. So. Interesting trade there. Hornquist is, I like, he has some speed and has a little grit to him. I always know when Blues played Nashville. He seemed like the guy who always would score against the Blues. Yeah, that, for so me, I, I always I, felt like it was Martin Erat. 
True, but he's, I mean, I guess last year, I guess, especially because right. Wright wasn't there. But, uh, yeah, so Hornquist is there along with a couple guys, a slower end guys signed, Blake Como, uh, Marcel Gach, Gach, Steve Downey got a, a deal from them real cheap, only a million dollars. I think want to be in a steal if he stays, fine. if he does not get a concussion. That man Correct. just seems to get a concussion. Correct. Concussion. And like you said, Christian Erhoff, and then they added for their backup, they decided to bring in Thomas Grice yeah. from, uh, with uh, Arizona last year. Who was their backup last year? Jeff Zakov. That's right. He is their third-string goalie. And actually gave him a one-way deal, which I thought was funny. So yeah. it's like uh, a two-year deal, and there was one way. So, uh, But Brad, I think Grice, I, when the Blues played, and Zakov was in it, Flair was not in when the Blues played sure. at one time, I believe. And the Blues just lit him up. Yeah. I believe that was when we scored like five or six. Yep. And it was like he did not look good at all. And that's when that team was going through struggles of in goal, like, this is a make or break year for Mark Andre Fleury. Absolutely. If you your contract is up after this year, if you flop in the playoffs again, there is a very good chance that they're yeah. not going to keep wasting years on Sidney Crosby nope. and Evgeny Malkin for you. Well, and and that has been the thing with this team for the last handful of years is they um, they seem to follow the blueprint of the St. Louis Blues which is dominate during the regular season and then get into the playoffs and just falter. And nine times out of ten, it's due to Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah. I mean, he, like I said, in the playoffs last year, we alluded to earlier. Terrible! Where it was, well, not as bad as the, the year against Philadelphia or that. Oh, was that was awful. But it was it was a slight step up last year. But, yeah. I mean, there was a couple, it hit a couple games where I think he played really well, but then there was games where that's the thing is, man, you, you just know what you're going to get. One game you could get like a, almost a shutout or a one goal, two goals, you know, again. So you could have yeah. like a six goal one. So you just don't know what you're going to get. Is, uh, is Darren Pang's stat still true? The St. Louis Blues are the only team Sidney Crosby hasn't scored against? I believe so, still, yeah. So that's still true. The Blues, uh, excuse me, uh, the key departures, uh, James Neal, which we talked about. Yep. Matt Niskin, who we talked about. Brooks Orpik, uh, UC Jokinen also. So one of, uh, Sidney Crosby wingers are is officially uh well not he, he kind of played with him when Dupuy was out. Yep. But uh Jokinen's gone. Tanner Glass, Derek England, and uh, Joe Vitale, who's a St. Louis kid. Yes. Went to Arizona. So uh, they had quite a, quite a bit of turnover. So it seems like we're a couple of these teams are had a, quite a bit of turnover compared to the early teams we talked about in this division who didn't have much of a turnover. Yeah. And, Which is ironic to look at a team like Pittsburgh, who you know is always towards the top. And again, and you'll, you'll see a lot of this again when we talk about the Blues and the Blackhawks and things like that in the Central. These teams on top seem to have more turnover than the teams on the bottom. Yeah, which is crazy. So you, you know, so what do you have for, uh, Pittsburgh? First in the division. Yeah, I have them going in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. So let's go into our, I believe the last team in the division. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yep. And the last team in the division, the Washington Capitals. Another team with a little bit of upheaval. So uh, 38, 30, and 14, good for 90 points. Uh, ninth in the conference. So they missed the playoffs last year. Yep. And overall, 17th in the NHL. Uh, offense, 2.74 goals per game. 13th in the league, 2.79 goals against average. 21st in the NHL. Power play, once again, tied for, I think, Pittsburgh had 23.4, tied for first. Uh, penalty kill, 82%, good for 16th. Of course, he... And their Fenwick, not that good. 47.7%, good for 24th, and then 25th. They're exactly the same for both. Um, I'll lead on this one as far as my analysis of this team because I'm sure you will get more in depth. For me, um, this season hinges on one person, and this person will not put on skates in a game. 
and that is Barry Trotz. Yep. I think that if you, if Barry Trotz can get Alexander Ovechkin to buy into his system, that this team will do well. If he doesn't, I think that you see a season much like last year out of Washington with Adam Oates where you have a malcontent in, in Ovechkin who doesn't mail it in, but you can just tell doesn't care. Um, and that's sad. I, you know, I also think Washington is to a place now from a management standpoint where the clock is ticking on Ovechkin. Um, you know, they're always one of those teams that at the start of the year, everyone wants Ovechkin on their fantasy team. And the guy's go, the guy knows how to score probably better than any single person in this league. But there's just a lack of, uh, team unity. It, it you know, he reminds me of, uh, Keyshawn Johnson when Keyshawn Johnson was at the Jets. And his his philosophy was just give me the damn ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I think more so in hockey, you can't be a one trick pony. Yep. You know you, you've got to have um, more of an all around game. I think that's part of the reason why you saw David Perron get moved out of St. Louis. Is part of the same reason. I I remember yelling a ton. For David to just pass the puck to the guy that's open. Yeah, he was sticking around everybody. And that's could. David Perron. Yeah. Now, turn that up by like 12 times and you've got Alexander Ovechkin. And I think it's all going to hinge on how quickly Barry Trotz can get that team to buy into his plan. Yep. So it's uh, a lot of additions to this team. We alluded to the two big ones. Uh, Matt Niskin and Brooks Orpik got a ton of money. All the money. Uh, Orpik getting five years, $27.5 million. <laughs> What? Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> and then seven years, $40.3 million to Matt Niskin, which is, once again, another, <laughs> really? So that's a make or break right there. So I better hope those guys hold up. Man. Man, that's a lot of money. Uh, just a couple of minor moves. Uh, they brought a new backup goalie, uh, Justin Peters. Yep. So uh, you got like three goalies that are, I say, almost on the same level, and Holpe, Peters, and uh, Philip Grubauer. Holpe is going to be the incumbent number one. I like Holpe. I like Holpe, but I mean, yeah, I think between the three, man, it's not too much of a step up to Holpe to Peters, though. No, right now because Holpe's body of work is only a year and a half. You're looking at you're yep. not looking at much right now. So uh, it's interesting. and this is a team. Remember, at the end of last year. Who picked up Halak to hopefully try to you know put a cork in the in, in the bottle and and find a way to make the playoffs and it yeah. didn't work it didn't work so the only my only uh, subtractions is Mikhail Grabowski uh, Halak technically and uh, Tom Pody so that much really you're looking at a subtraction they brought in a couple of defenders to beef up the uh, defense and then another backup to hopefully maybe push Holpe uh, I think this is going to hinge on like you said Trotz I think is definitely a good point. I think the other thing that's going to another person that this year is going to hinge on is uh, the goaltending coach Mitchell Korn, yeah, who's known to basically make goalies amazing. Uh, in Nashville, basically, you saw Nashville churn out sure a ton of goalies. So Tomas Vokun to uh, Pecorini now he made Chris Mason respect. Chris Mason, man, respectable. Chris Mason, if you can make Chris Mason look good. You're a hella good coach. I mean, you, I mean, and they had a couple of guys down there last year yep. that were 
uh, cat, the, who's the one guy? Play Chicago. I'll have to look it up. But he basically turned him in when the Blues lit him up and then yeah. down there and the Blues could barely – it made him look a lot better. I think his positioning was better and I liked uh, – so I think Mitchell Corn would be just as key as Barry Trotz. I agree. I think turning Holpe into a better goaltender, which in turn will – you know, a couple of – you know, you raise that goals – you lower that goals against average maybe like – even like .25, you know. Yeah. You raise that up, that's the difference between making the playoffs and not. I agree. You know. So that could be a big deal. So I really think uh, they also announced uh, Alexander Ovechkin will officially be on the left wing. Yes. So he will not be able to make the all-star team, the all-NHL team on two different positions he did last year. Remember (laughs) that? On the first team, he was the left wing. And then second team, he was on the right wing because he played both positions. Somehow, NHL writers voted for both of them because some NHL writers don't care. And they are hella smart. So... um, that is all the teams officially for our division. Can we, uh, for a minute while we're talking about Washington, talk about the uh, bonehead move uh, of taking uh, NHL 24-7 off of HBO and moving it onto Epics? Yeah. I don't know if what that decision that was, if that was NHL decision or if it was, was it? Money. Cash. Okay. So there you go. So I, did, I, didn't get, I saw the headline. I honestly didn't get a chance to read the article, but I saw But Epics is not like, a, you know, a... It's a big dude, station, is, though, right? It is it, to me, and again, this is something that NHL Network said this morning too. It is on par with after the lockout when the NHL took the money and moved away from ESPN to, to go to OLN, yeah, Outdoor Network. And at some point, I get that money is great, but exposure is better, dude. Why would you not want to be on HBO? So I wonder if it's going to be is like the same. I wonder if it's the same like production team. Because man, when they do it, it's as really good. As far as I know, it is exactly the same. It's just on different network. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but again, like everybody has HBO. Yeah. Not everybody, but the, the majority of people who have movie channels, HBO is like probably more most prominent of all. Correct. Those. If you're someone who's going to order a premiere package of, of a TV service to get a movie channel, your your first uh, first one is usually going to be give me HBO. Yeah, because you want to watch. Not it. give me Epix. Yeah. So there's there, a lot of people out there who I don't even know if they know Epix is a channel. I I stumbled across it one time. I think because doesn't do a lot of music stuff. Or might I think of another channel? You're thinking of Palladia, and you're thinking of, um, um, oh, who is it? Okay. But yeah, I thought there's one where there's like a lot of like concert. They show a lot of concerts, yeah. and they I always advertise. Epics. Uh, Epics is part, is on my TV. I don't have it. Um, they and seem to show a lot of movies quicker than HBO Maybe does. That's what I'm thinking of. Like they seem to have movies like six, seven months instead of a year or something. Right, like and they they all yeah they seem to have them in a, in a much quicker time. Right, so than I, I know they did some that like, you know how you can get like the same day they're in theaters or on video on demand. Right, I know there are some movies like lower ones you really don't. Or some yeah, yeah. Like, they seem to get that. early premieres quicker. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, dude, and it was the same thing with ESPN. Like, take the less money and be on the bigger audience network. Like, if you want to grow your brand. Grow your brand. And right now, the NHL's in a great place of growth. You've got a hotbed of hockey in Southern California right now. Yeah. Which is amazing. Capitalize on the success your league is having and stay where you're at. Yeah. They're always just trying to, it seems like, expand. Like we talked about the potential expansion, you know. Yeah. And all that stuff. So, 
Interesting. Yeah, good point of bringing that up. And also for the Capitals, they obviously with that will have the Winter Classic this year. Against January Chicago. Against Chicago. Oh. Yay. So teams have had it two and three times already. So let's go into our official predictions for the year. So for uh, the Metro Division. Um, I'll go first. And sure. Then I'll go through everything. And then I'll top the bottom and say if the team is going to make the playoffs or not. I am going with uh, Pittsburgh as being in the number one position. Okay. I just think that it's still stacked. If Flurry plays like he normally does, they'll get to at least the playoffs. Will be number one. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe actually win a round against a lower ranked opponent for once. Uh, the next team I got jumping up there is I actually had the Rangers coming in at number two. Okay. I really like how their defense is shaking out, and also with Lundqvist gives them a chance every night. Number three, and it's the tentative number three right now. Is I have the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay, uh, I really uh, like what they're doing there. JD's got going on there. It depends on the Joe Hansen and the uh, uh, Nathan Horton. If they have uh, they're out for a long period of time, I don't know if they can weather the storm. Uh, number uh, four, which I have in the league, I have jumping over everybody. I have the New York Islanders. Um, I just. I really have the I, – I'm a believer this year. I don't know why. Sure. I, I want to be. I really want to be. Yep. So I think if everything falls into place, if they got – if their defense holds up, they got a lot of good prospects, I think things are going to finally start. I see them as being a team on the rise like Columbus was last year. Yeah. Maybe not as what good as Columbus last year, but I think they have a chance to get into the playoffs and at least scare somebody. Yeah. So I really like them. Was it two years ago that they made it or three years ago they two made it? Two years ago. And yeah. that's with the Pittsburgh where they won a couple yep. games. So, after that, I have uh, the Capitals finishing at number five. Uh, I just think they'll they have potential to sneak in as the other wild card because mm-hmm. uh, I really don't like many in the Atlantic. So I really think they have a chance to maybe squeak in there as a number eight yeah. seed. But overall, uh, it's going to be tough for them though. After that, I kind of see the Flyers falling down. Uh, I just don't see them. I just I don't know, like I said, I don't, I not a Steve, Steve Mason guy. Then I have the Devils at number seven and the Carolina Hurricanes at number eight. Wow. So a little bit different, but I so to reiterate that, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, New York Rangers, Columbus, New York Islanders, Washington, Philadelphia, the New Jersey Devils, and Carolina Hurricanes round out. So um, obviously the Devils, uh, some non-playoff teams I'll go with is the Flyers, Devils, Hurricanes, and uh, that's it. So I, I think Washington has at least a chance, so I won't say them as a non-playoff team. They have a chance. It's all a chance. Um, we're, we're fairly similar up top. I have Pittsburgh number one. I just think that when you have a team that's so top-loaded like they are with Crosby and Malkin, uh, until, the, they, until they are proven that they can't win, you have to go with them as number one. Mm-hmm. Um, number two for me, I also have the New York Rangers. Um, I think that they come back down to earth a little bit. But I think that they have done enough to shore up um, their team from last year when they made it to the finals. Uh, the key with that team, obviously, again, is Henrik Lundqvist. Um, number three for me is uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, if they get everything rectified, uh, they get the Johansson deal done, I think this is a team, again, that is poised to make it to the playoffs again and maybe finally win a round. Depending on who they get, yeah, definitely. Um, number four for me is um, is the Washington Capitals. Mm-hmm. I think that um, 
you know, this team should right the ship. They had a, a really bad year last year. And I think part of the fallout from that will be a willingness of this team to accept a new direction and accept a new coach and try to right the ship. I, I hope that Alexander Ovechkin realizes that, you know, he needs to do more than just try to cherry pick goals. I, I'm not expecting him to, you know, play defense. Yeah. But I, you know, I would hope that he would start to evolve into more of a team player. Um, next for me is the New York Islanders. Um, I really struggled with putting them here and not even maybe as high as third. Um, on paper, this team looks like they're finally at a point where they will move forward. But again, like we said, it, it just seems like much like the Chicago comes in baseball, this team is destined to fail. And they just find ways to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory every year. I hope I'm wrong this year. Yep. I, I would love to see this team make it in. I think that they are... Remember when you were in gym class and you'd have to run the mile? And there was the two groups. There was the fast kids and there was the slow kids. Yep. I feel like the 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 Islanders right now are the fastest of the slow kids. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. They're not ready to make that jump into the being the slowest of the fast kids yet. Yep. Um, and then after that, for me, comes it's a toss up between Carolina and Jersey. Um, you know, and and Philly. I, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I know. I, Philly is is six, seven or eight. Carolina, New Jersey. I I guess I'm going to put New Jersey seven because at at least there's a little bit of upside there. Carolina is just a mess. Yeah, they just didn't do much, and they're kind of stuck on salary cap. So to recap for me, it's Pittsburgh, the Rangers, Columbus, Washington, the Islanders. Philadelphia, New Jersey, Carolina. My playoff teams being Pittsburgh, the Rangers, Columbus, and I see Washington just sneaking in. Okay. So a little difference there. So that is the Metro division. So uh, three more to go. But uh, so if you want to, you know, send us your predictions, we'd like to, we'll read those on air after uh, we get going. So hit us up at Blues Hockey NHL. Or on Facebook at Blues Hockey Podcast. We are tremendously close to actually 100 likes now. That's awesome. We're at 89, which I'm very, uh, we were at like in the low 30s to start last year. So we wow. gained about, so I'm pretty happy. Nice, so, man. So we've tripled, we've, we've almost tripled where we're at. Yeah. On Facebook and then on, uh, Twitter, I believe we're close to 200, say 150, nice. 160, something like that. So, uh, very happy and thanks for everybody for listening. Thanks, so, Steve Ott. Yeah. <laughs> so you, she did, have she done that yet? Mm. I forgot to ask uh, Jimmy. I don't think yet. I'll have to ask Jimmy. So, uh, also, uh, we are on iTunes. So go out there and rate us, Blues Hockey Podcast. Give us a good rating. Helps uh, us out. Also, uh, in on our website at blueshockeypodcast.com, all one word. Uh, we will uh, be having a revamp of that very soon. Awesome. I found all the old stuff the other day. Cool. So, and redid some stuff. So it's a matter of us just... Uh, Plugging it in. Off our asses and doing it. Well, plugging it in and making sure it actually works on this website. Correct. So once that's done, uh, the website will be revamped. I'm going to have it done by opening night is my goal. So there you go. Over ninth, it will be revamped. Good to go. 
Uh, I you got tickets for opening night? Not yet. Near to I. I really want to get those. So I'm looking into it. So we'll see. But yeah, like I said, uh, so October 9th, coming up real soon, a Blues first preseason game is tomorrow, the yep. 21st, and I think in Columbus. Against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So it'll be interesting to see how that you works. You know who out. won't be there? Ryan Johansson. Correct. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we'll see how things are going to start to shake out. By Probably we're going to do a couple – uh, division previews, so no, no, pretty much blues news for a couple podcasts. Yeah, least. maybe highlights if things pop in. If things pop in, because we might try to knock a bunch out at once since we're kind of got a busy schedule yep. the next couple weeks. But like I said, all the division previews will be up by opening night for sure. Uh, maybe our fantasy hockey draft will be there soon. We might do a fantasy show depending on time issues. Sure. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, and that's my signal to stop. So. Hi, everybody. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. See you guys.